Good morning. I want to take this moment to take a deep breath. By the way, I'm Sandy Dell. I'm an outreach practitioner living uh, in rural Idaho, actually about 40 or so miles away from the Washington border. So anyway, I want everybody to take a deep breath and let go of anything that is going to distract you for the moment and focus on spirit within. In this new day, I recognize and rejoice in the presence of spirit permeating over the world, the one mind, one source, one divine presence of all peace, love, and joy of spirit in all things. Spirit is in you and me and in all things seen and unseen. This presence permeates through all of us, spreading peace, love, and joy. We are all one with the divine presence and with one another. From this place of oneness, I speak my word today. I claim peace, love, and joy for the whole world in this time of uncertainty. Any fear, anger, or turmoil toward our fellow human beings is dissolved. I claim love, understanding, and compassion toward each other, knowing that spirit is in all situations. We can find peace, love, and joy with one another. Remembering our perfection and oneness with each other, we see spirit in all living beings as we are connected to one another. I also see spirit working in and through our service today with our speakers, musicians, and workers. I know all is working perfectly in peace, love, and joy to everyone listening here today. I am grateful for knowing this truth and seeing it demonstrated in the people around me. I am thankful for the beauty in sharing peace, love, and joy. In this perfect place of gratitude, I release this word joyously into the law, knowing it is already done right here, right now, and so it is. So this month, we're going to look at the theme, Inclusivity in Action. Inclusivity in Action. And I, I love it because these themes were picked out a year ago. You know, we, at the time that they came up with these, they had no idea. It's just like right now, I was on the team that just finished picking out the themes and the talk titles for all of next year. And we don't have a clue what we're doing. You know, we're kind of hoping and guessing. Fine, we just gave it to Spirit and said, you know, guide us. And so... Uh, so inclusivity in action is our theme uh, this month. And today's talk topic is let's get together and feel all right. And if we're together, if we are inclusive, we do feel all right because it feels true. It feels honest. It feels how we should be uh, because we are together. And when we are together, when we recognize that, we feel in alignment with each other. We feel in alignment with ourselves. We feel in alignment with the universe. So the universe is a oneness. We've, we've talked about this many times. Well, the universe is, there's only one, only one. One on each hand there, one. Expressing as a multiplicity. Look around, you've noticed it's a multiplicity, right? And everything and everyone is a unique expression of this one. Everything and everyone is a unique, no two alike, expression of this oneness. 
God did not create a bunch of automatons and robots to set in motion. We're each unique and expressing and being alive as spirit. Unity, which is what we live in, does not mean uniformity. Each of us is unique. And this is diversity, the recognition of the multiplicity of expression of the one. Recognizing that there's this multiplicity of expression. Most of us recognize diversity as we look at life. You know, we, we kinda, it's kind of hard to miss, right? It, it, life is diverse. But to truly enact the divine, we must go one step further, and that step is inclusion, inclusivity. There's a wonderful Peter Mayer song that we sometimes sing called Everybody In, Everybody In, Everybody In to the Circle, the Circle. And so when we invite everybody and when we recognize that everybody really already is in and we take down our barriers to them being in, we create a circle of love. We create a circle of capital T truth. It's not enough to just acknowledge diversity. We must be inclusive in our interactions. Yesterday morning, we had our, our monthly visioning team meeting, and, and we got to talking about gardening and flowers and weeds and all that stuff. And somebody said, you know, the difference between a flower and a weed is judgment. It's what we perceive to be. Flower, beauty, weed, not wanted. And our judgments come from our conditioning which creates our beliefs and thus our reactions and our interactions. You know, when I first moved to Seattle in 1986, there was a, a new culinary green that was beginning to become very fashionable among chefs, and it was called arugula. And everybody loved the fact that it had this wonderful, nutty, peppery taste. And about a year after I moved here, the vendors at the Pike Place Market were circulating a petition because some government official had declared arugula a noxious weed and was authorizing its complete eradication from the state. Here's this, in some people's view, wonderful green, beautiful, fabulous salad green, uh, cooking green, something to include, and here's somebody else's noxious weed. Same plant, different mindset. Around the same time, I remember there was an official in the liquor control board who had seen an, a picture of wine grapes infected with the botrytis mold, which looks rather disgusting. But that botrytis mold creates the late harvest or and dessert wines. It's 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 necessary for those to to, to for the the sugars in the grape to to concentrate. And this person had immediately tried to ban all dessert wines from the state as unhealthy until local winemakers walked her through the process of how it's made, including a few samples of the end result, the finished product. And so she was able to move out of belief based on conditioning into direct experience. Our conditioning and our beliefs color our experience of the world around us and our natural tendency to choose and categorize. We choose and categorize, you know, safe, unsafe, good, bad, friend, foe. All that can lead us to judgments that are not based on understanding, but are based on our beliefs, our conditioning, our past experiences. Years ago, I hate to tell this story, but I'm going to. Years ago, I was running a vendor cart many, many, many years ago, lots of years ago, lots and lots. I mean, probably, uh, you know, back in the paleanthale, uh, a long time ago. I was running a vendor cart in the Northgate Mall during the holiday season for a friend. And the cart next to me 
the next card over was being run by a group of Rastas in my mind. They had dark skin, they had dreadlocks, they had tam hats, they were very clearly familiar with the happy weed. And, and, and they were over there kind of doing their own thing and I didn't trust them. I didn't trust those guys at all. And I was concerned about leaving my card on breaks. It's like where they come over and steal stuff. That was my mindset based on my conditioning. About a week into running this card, a couple from CSL uh, Seattle stopped by my card to say hi. And then they asked if I had met Kay and Ida next door. And I said, uh, no, I haven't. And so it turned out that the woman in, in the girl, in, of the group who, uh, had been a member uh, of an empowerment group with these people. And she had always wanted to go to Bali. And she had dreamed of that. And they had all held, held it in, in and con, uh, consciousness and prayer for her to be able to go to Bali. And about a year after that group uh, finished, she took a trip to Bali and she stayed there for a while. And she met a guy and fell in love with him and they got married and they ended up moving back to the States uh, and opening up this importing, uh, this business to import Balinese gift ideas, which is what they were selling at the cart. And the scary Rastas were the husband, his brother, and a cousin. And all of them turned out to be some of the kindest, sweetest people once I got introduced to them that I'd ever met. I became kind of family. I used to hang out at, each, at their cart because they were much more fun to hang out with than sitting by myself during the slow times. And so we covered each other's carts during break. I bought a lot of Balinese art from them. And it was just a powerful lesson in initial perception versus reality. Initial perception based on conditioning versus the reality of who they truly were once I could see them. Oneness expresses as diversity. That's its responsibility in practice. Oneness expresses as diversity. Our practice of oneness is inclusion. Since all that is is included in the one, inclusion only becomes difficult when we run into our own perceptions. Inclusion is our spiritual practice. And so when we run into our own perceptions and our beliefs about duality and separation, about good and bad and right and wrong, and we perceive each other from separation instead of oneness, that is when we create problems. Thich Nhat Hanh says every single person contains the seeds of goodness, kindness, and enlightenment. We all have the seeds of Buddha nature within us. To give the Buddha a chance to manifest, we have to water those seeds. And because there's only one of us, because there's only one, every person, every animal, every life form, every non-life form we look at is still one. We are constantly watering our own and each other's seeds by our thoughts, by our beliefs, by our feelings. You know, when we give a person a reputation, they can either live up to it or live down to it, depending on the reputation we give them. Ernest Holmes says, there is no such thing as an individual anything in the universe. I'll repeat that. There is no such thing as an individual anything in the universe. For instance, we as individuals do not have an individual gravitational force that holds just us in place. We do not possess an individual law of mathematics or a particular principle of harmony. Rather, we are all immersed in all of these things, and they are individualized through us in accord to the use we make of them. 
We use this infinite presence, we use the oneness, and we make of it what we want. Each of us individualizes the universal by our unique use of it. And we are always individualizing it for what seems the best to and for us at the time. And you and I may disagree with, you know, I may disagree with how you're individualizing it, you may disagree with how I'm individualizing it, but the truth is we're all doing it for what seems the best to us at the time. You know, this past week I was in discussion with somebody from our, our um, class, our, our uh, Unveiling Your Hidden Power class, and was asking, so is, is, are we just kind of like, you know, guided by God all the time and we're just, you know, we don't have a choice. And I said, you know, I, I think of it, the, the analogy that came to me was GPS tracking, you know, when you're using a, a GPS mapping, you know, on, on, your, on your phone in your car uh, to go somewhere. And the GPS system will give you the best and shortest way to go to your, your route. But you and I can change. You and I can decide to use that or not use that particular GPS download, that information. And the GPS system doesn't sit there and go, you idiot, I showed you how to go and you were so damn stupid that you went the other way and around. It doesn't do that. It just simply says, recalculating, adjusting. It's simply constantly trying to take you to the destination that you said you want to go to without judgment, without criticism, without shame, blame, or guilt. And so we have this, this GPS system within us, and we can do whatever we want with the information. So when we have a childish, not childlike, but childish view of the world, the world must conform to our idea of it. We want the world to be my way. Me. It's all about me. I want my way, and I want it now. As we grow, and we do, some of us do, all of us do to some degree. As we grow, we gain a larger perspective, which realizes what's good for the world, what's good for the whole, is good for me also, instead of the other way around. As spiritual-based people, we, we begin to ask questions like, what does spirit want to create? What does spirit want to express or manifest here in this situation? What is the highest vision? What is the highest and best that wants to show up here rather than what is my ego need for it to feel comfortable and okay? This, by the way, is why we engage in the practice of visioning because visioning is a conscious practice of saying what is spirit's highest idea in this particular situation, in my life, or in this circumstance, or in this situation. We begin to see each other in the world, not from the primal, friend-foe, like-don't-like perspective, but as God, uniquely informed as each person, as each aspect of life. And then, and this is fun, our process becomes perception, seeing the truth, not protection. We become engaged in perception not protection. And we begin to individualize the universal and universalize the individual, which creates a flowing circle of life. And everybody's in, in the circle. So this week, I invite you to do two spiritual practices. One, watch your thoughts. Pay attention to your thoughts. Are they thoughts of inclusion or exclusion? Are they thoughts of oneness or separation? Just pay attention and notice your thoughts. Again, no blame, shame, guilt. Do not bring out the big hammer and whack yourself over the head with it. If you happen to notice a thought of exclusion, just notice it. And perhaps then you'll want to shift it. 
And number two, ask that inner wisdom, that inner GPS system to reveal the universal in the individual to help you, me, see the Buddha nature in each and every person, particularly the ones who challenge you, particularly the ones who challenge you, to see the one heartbeat that is beating through us all. So those are our two spiritual practices this week. Watch your thoughts, inclusion, exclusion. Ask your wisdom self to reveal the universal in the individual. Are we good with that? So, thumbs up, yes. I'm going to close with a quote. This is from Ralph Waldo Trine, uh, who is a wonderful New Thought writer, and his book is In Tune with the Infinite. And he says, anyone, a fool or an idiot, can be exclusive. It comes easy. It takes and it signifies a large nature to be universal, to be inclusive. Only the man or the woman of a small, personal, self-centered, self-seeking nature is exclusive. The man or the woman of a large, royal, unself-centered nature never is. The one loves merely himself. The other loves all the world, but in his larger love for all the world, he finds himself included. So let's do our affirmation. And so say this with me. I claim harmony, acceptance, and love for all through inclusion of the diversity that expresses itself in and as life. Let's say that again. I claim harmony, acceptance, and love for all through inclusion of the diversity that expresses itself in and as my life. And so it is. So let's take a breath. Allow ourselves to be filled with this beauty, with this beautiful music, with wisdom of the words of, of, that flowed through me, of the words that flowed through our practitioners, of the consciousness of it all, the love of this community. Let us breathe all of that in. Let's include that in our inclusivity. Let's include the people who are hurting or in pain in some way or another and hold them in love and inclusion. Recognizing that the divine GPS, the God positioning system, is always guiding us home. And sooner or later, we all get there. And so I recognize that there is this infinite presence, this infinite oneness, this infinite love. It is already together and feeling all right. And we are one of that. We are one of that. We set aside our places of separation. We set aside our places of fear. We set aside our conditioning. Ah, the believes in the duality, the right, wrong, the friend, foe, all of that of the universe. And we recognize God as spirit, as the only essence operating in through and as us, in through and as this world. No matter how difficult it may be to see that at times, there is still only that infinite presence operating in through and as this world. And so we hold it in, in inclusion in our heart. We include all of this world in our hearts. 
We were talking yesterday about what a big loving family this community is and that love and that family is big enough to include the entire planet. All of us are hearts connected by one heartbeat, by one love. And so in gratitude for knowing this as the truth and in gratitude and praise for this world, I simply release this word into a law that moves into form and expression in our lives, in this world, right here and right now. So it does, and so it is.